0: Well, hello and welcome to Rhythms of Grace. I'm Christine and I'm here with Nate and Sung. Hello. As we continue, Hi. we're continuing in our series, Shift Happens, talking oh. about transition.
1: Yeah, you know, before we get started, I was going to say, Christine, you have such a smooth like podcast voice. It's kind of like listen to Listening to
2: Delilah.
0: Oh, gosh. Delilah. Wow. Goals. <laughs>
2: you mean like the biblical character Delilah? i oh, no. have oh. never heard Delilah. I, I don't, don't She's I been a
0: radio host for like 40 years. Yeah. Okay.
2: Nope. Yeah. Not aware.
1: It's it, Yeah. It's like, Hello, this is Delilah. Oh. <laughs>
2: I thought it was, like, some weird, like, biblical. I'm like, that's not really a compliment. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, (laughs) (laughs) you seem like you could lead someone astray really easily.
1: (laughs) You must have been a pastor or something. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, and we are, man, I just finished a nice pumpkin
2: pie here, and Mm -hmm. Nate is still finishing his. It is fall. I'm drinking coffee, eating pumpkin pie. (laughs) Boom. Wow.
1: So we are continuing in our discussion, and we've been in this, uh, we've talked about, the book Transitions by William Bridges about the end of a season, the 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 uh, neutral, is that what it's called? The neutral zone. The neutral zone yeah. and then the beginning of a new season. And we have been talking about uh, decision making and discernment because especially during transitions, I think this honestly is the one issue that more people have practical questions about. Yeah then and especially uh, as followers of Jesus what does decision making or discernment look like mm-hmm. and i will say most people do it really
2: poorly mm-hmm. including yeah. all of us yeah yeah. Uh, yeah and most people don't really have a it's kind of like you don't well let me say it this way it seems like oftentimes we sort of just follow a track that's laid out ahead of us for a lot of our life mm-hmm. like you uh, you're going to go to you know middle school high, high school, school most go people to go to college whatever all these things are sort of laid out for you. And so a lot of people don't have to do a major life discernment until right. they're in their 20s or 30s if you're like mm-hmm. doing... Even residency. older. Yeah. So it can it can really catch people by surprise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just talking to somebody who uh,
1: recently who... Uh, um, what, what, what was his story? He he was working as an engineer or something, and then he came to the point in his life where he wanted to discern. Uh, he that, that wasn't what his deepest longing and mm-hmm. gifting was. Mm-hmm. I mean, long story short now, he runs a nonprofit that helps um, pastors and leaders do soul care. Okay. Mm. But again, like, uh, it took him 40-plus years. Yeah. Before he came to the point of just even slowing down and recognizing like, this isn't my life's work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and so that should be an encouragement for anybody in their 20s or, <laughs> or sure uh, or or younger just because like yeah you may not like I know so many people even in their 50s and 60s who I heard somebody say this past week they were probably I think in their 60s I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do when I grow up oh yeah man
2: mm-hmm. and I think that that's you you, you put an, an important point out there which is that oftentimes we don't begin to try to discern until we realize something's wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's one of the problems is that if you find yourself in the midst of crisis or uncertainty to begin to try to discern at that point, it's just that much harder. I'm not saying it's wrong, but yeah. it's that much harder if you're sort of in the midst of turmoil mm-hmm. already. hmm
0: And I feel like this is encouraging, you know, for me at 25, um, because a lot of times, because so much of our lives are laid out and, and we so rarely have to use discernment when we do, it feels like a big deal. It feels like either you're going to go right or you're going to go left and your life will never be the same. And either you're following God's path or you're not, you know, like it feels like high stakes because it's, it's rare. Mm -hmm. And so it's helpful to remember like, oh, it's not, you turn right. And that's the rest of your life, you know, like God can, uh, yeah, just speak to us about our, our path and our callings at any point.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so I want to pick up on something that you had mentioned the last week, Nate. And, uh, it's amazing, like, how a week just feels like forever ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, what did we talk about? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But here we are again, another week, and you had we had talked about this whole idea of, I, I don't remember exactly how you said it, but... Uh, And I I stopped us and kind of ended the show because I was like, man, that's a whole nother show that we could talk about episode, which was, which I think has a big impact on how we make decisions or or at least the posture in which we make decisions. And that's just uh, like the way we see God. Mm. Mm. Like you might not think so, but A.W. Tozer says in his book, The Knowledge of God, that the one thing that will shape more your life more than anything else is what you think about when you think about god mm. and uh, of course I, I think most people just think of this amorphous kind of grandfatherly whatever it is right yeah. and there's no clear uh picture of his nature or character and and yet there are a lot of hidden pictures mm-hmm. in people's
2: minds yeah that mm-hmm. you don't some people aren't even always like. Uh, explicitly aware of, right? In you know, the right. subconscious.
1: Yeah. Because we'll say, we'll say, oh yeah, I believe God is love. He's holy. He's righteous. He's just. But then really, it, the, the the rubber meets the road when um, I remember talking to somebody um, years and years ago, I had posed a question uh, in one of my sermons on a Sunday morning and said, hey, when God looks at you, what does he feel? Mm-hmm. And he told me afterwards, he was like, you know, Song." I thought about that question, and I thought he's ashamed, Mm. Mm. right? But and one, I was so grateful for his honesty and vulnerability because just to simply admit that, Mm -hmm. I mean, most people would be like, "Oh yeah, of course he loves me," yeah, or or or, he's love or whatever it is. And so,
2: um, yeah, I think I shared last week about my friend who basically felt like if he didn't want to do something he was pretty sure that that meant God wanted him yeah. to do it. Which yeah, it goes yeah. back to that's his image. God wants him to do things that he doesn't want to do. You know, yeah. that, that's yeah. it goes back to that. That's what his image of God dictates. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: here's a question, because there's always a
1: gap between what we uh, say we believe about God and what we actually believe about God, right? None of us are exempt from that. We all have this gap. And so um, here, here is just a, a quick... Exercise or question for you two. Okay. Okay. So when you think of a God and imagine God, what is the first thing
2: that you see or feel? Hmm. Uh, do you have an answer, Christine?
0: I do, but it's a long winded one. No, no, no. Go for it because <laughs> okay. I
2: need some time to. I need some time I'll, to. I'll unpack. give you some
0: time, Great. Nate. <laughs> um, you can all sorts of time yeah. right
2: now. I can feel you gearing up.
0: Um, yeah. So I guess. So one time I was asked, um, where, what in nature causes me to feel the most awe? Um, and I answered that it's, it's water, um, because I am entranced by, like I was on swim team. I love rivers and oceans. And also my greatest fear is, is drowning. Um, because I'm like also really that, which is why I do swim team is because I'm like, I so, so scared. It's like
2: both sides of the same coin kind of yeah, a thing. Yeah. yeah. Interesting.
0: Um, and so I, I have a lot of awe of rivers and oceans. Um, and then, you know, like at the end of this exercise, you know, the, the idea was like what you, what you are most of in awe of in nature is often like how you view God hmm. because we we, you know, that, that's just like how our brains work is, is we see God in what we see around us. And so I, I feel like that kind of describes, you know, my, my initial, obviously, you know, I can dig deeper and God is loving and, and forgiving. Um, but there is, I think, I think that, that fear and awe, um, is, is like the first thing
2: for me. That's good. I'm glad that you, that there's like both because that's what I was struggling with. I feel like I have both parts, where on one hand, like the two sides of my coin is that I feel like God is always disappointed in me, and I feel like God takes great pleasure in me. Mm. I, I mean, and for me, it's a little bit like, it's not as healthy, like fear and awe, it's like, oh yeah, those are both good things. Mine is clearly <laughs> not. Uh, but, but it is, I think, my tendency because i'm often disappointed in myself is to see god in that same way and i think as i'm growing and maturing i'm learning both to like take pleasure in myself and not be so critical and and a lot of that journey has been by trying to recalibrate what i think god thinks of me Mm -hmm. that in general he's pleased with me Mm -hmm. um that hasn't that wasn't my default for most of my life but it's it's increasingly so yeah yeah and I've talked to people who have said,
1: I believe with all my heart that God is love and that he loves everyone, but I have a hard time believing that he loves me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so here, here's a theory I want to put out there. When it comes to our emotions or feelings about, let's say, decision-making or even ourselves, here's a theory, and, and you could shoot it down or let's wrestle with it. Whatever you feel like in the midst of decision-making and discernment is probably a good pointer to your picture of God. So if you're afraid of making a wrong move, uh, then you believe God might be mad at you. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Yeah. Or that he, um, and I don't, this is a can of worms, but, or that he has something already in mind that you should do. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, again, we can, we can talk about that all day, but that's a, that's a very, very common. And I think we touched on this in earlier episodes, but it's a very common framework for who God is that, I mean, the whole, God has a perfect plan for your life, Mm -hmm. you know, like that has been repeated ad nauseum. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so if that's how you think, if that's who you think God is, then yeah, you're going to be afraid of, of choosing the wrong path all the time. Mm -hmm. All the time.
1: Another thought I had is, because again, I often talk to people who feel lonely or alone. Mm -hmm. And as much as they might even sing about God and his nearness, really, again, going back to the gap between what we say we believe about God and what we Mm -hmm. actually believe about Mm -hmm. God. Mm -hmm. like, And this is continuing to test this theory. Like the emotion you feel, um, the existential angst or gap that you feel, probably is a better indicator of what you actually, because then that person feels like God is distant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So test that. Do you -hmm. think that's true? To what extent is that a reality?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, like for, for me, I'm maybe coming at it uh, from like a different perspective than you guys. Surprise. Um, Which is I, I feel, uh, you know, as I've been, in different seasons of transition and discernment, I felt a lot of confidence in like, you know, God will, you know, if I'm doing this prayerfully, God will intervene if it's the wrong choice. Mm -hmm. So I will walk this path. And because like fear and awe are what I believe, you know, like I believe that God is powerful and, and he can, he can do big things for better or worse in my life. Um, And I think sometimes that actually can, can, cause me to to not think about my own or like not feel my own role in decision making Mm. um where it's like well like like almost a sense of powerlessness which is yeah so i feel like that that feeling reveals okay yes I believe good things about God, but there it's like, it's, it's overcorrecting in in the opposite Mm -hmm. direction. Right.
2: So do you just sort of like find yourself just doing things and sort of like, well, if God wants me to stop, (laughs) he'll stop me. (laughs)
0: Um, Definitely in seasons of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, this is, you know um, I'll just, if, if an opportunity comes up, I guess I'll take it Mm. because probably this is from God. Uh, And, and so I think, you know, there is like a level of, of God, commands us to to do some of the work. Sure. <laughs> um and I think yeah, like my laissez-faire attitude is a little bit maybe indicative of those those beliefs. Mm-hmm. So thinking about feeling versus
2: Yeah, but it is also true that God does open doors and provide mm-hmm. opportunities that you can yeah. choose or not choose. And so like that's not you're not completely it's not completely off base, you yeah. know, in terms of a decision-making framework. Mm. Um yeah, I don't know. I it's been a while since I made any really big decisions, but I but I would say that um I yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel like afraid of making the wrong choice a lot. Mm. Really a lot. In fact, I was just talking to my wife. We're doing a huge remodel in our farmhouse and so I'm hitting every I'm, HVAC and electrical and plumbing and framing and finishes, everything, right? <laughs> My favorite thing to work on is electrical because there's only if you get it wrong, it won't work. Like, you know, mm-hmm. when you did it right. Mm-hmm. And like the thing I hate about plumbing is that if you do it wrong, you might not know mm-hmm. until
1: somebody flushes the toilet. Right. right. Or it's or like, or like, like the
2: hundredth like, flush. Yes, exactly. That's my main concern. Yeah. You know, that like three months or six years down the road, suddenly the ceiling caves in. Mm. And with electrical, it's like, oh, no, if it works, you did it right. And that's my favorite thing to work on because mm. it's like you can't. If you do it right, you know. Mm. And so I do, I sort of live in that, you know. And it's interesting for me to, um, uh, I mean, again, I was just talking to my wife about this today, to try to reframe that that mindset mm. Mm. around my own decisions, around what I do, and around who God is, that there are sort of lots of options that are not only okay, but but m- many of them are good, mm-hmm. and that it's any of them are fine, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. Um that's still hard for me but I'm working mm-hmm. on it. Mm. Yeah. How about you, Song? What's the question? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you asked it, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, like uh like if you were to test your own the way that you feel when you're making decisions, oh. do you feel like that's indicative of your image of who God is? Um Yes,
1: and I was I would still say it is so today. I would say growing up, my view of God was much like my dad, which was very strict, mm. very demanding, uh, someone who I could never reach his standard of uh, perfection or expectation. I think mean, I overcame that in, in to, to a large degree. I think though there are some residual images of God for me is <clears throat> and maybe in an overcorrective kind of way, I, there are certain seasons where I, I am, it's like God is sovereign and it's going to happen and I'll, I just go with the flow. If I just mm-hmm. keep my eyes open. And, and there, there is some truth to that too in the sense, of, and, and, and for me too, like people are always like, well, how do you know it's God's will? And we, maybe, I think we touched upon this a bit last week, but it's kind of like God, uh, you know, shape my desires to be yours mm-hmm. yeah. and there's a certain holiness and growth and intimacy with God that needs to be there. But I go in with that kind of assumption mm-hmm. and thinking, God, if it's not of you, then just change that even desire. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, 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 it's pretty clear what my desires are for and what they're not for. Yeah, And at the same time, there's a recognition like, yeah, my desires are still uh, distorted by sin and it's not perfect. Um, at the same time, I think when I do make decisions, um, I am very calculating in terms of pros and cons and wh- how much I really want that decision. Mm-hmm. And so it, it really comes down to my own wants, mm-hmm. which again can be good, but it also can be misguiding.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And, and so then in, in that, there is this picture of God who is. Kind of a bit hands-off, mm. Mm. which was actually part of my narrative growing up too. My parents were pretty, as demanding as they were, they were also very hands-off mm. and left me to figure out life by myself. And so there, there is that sense of like, yeah, you know, God, uh, you know, it it, could, it can be maybe God saying like, yeah, just love me and kind of do whatever you want. Maybe there are, t- there are definitely the tendency to go take that too far. And instead of actually being like, God, Holy Spirit, what do you want? Yeah. Even simply asking, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just sit there and start to calculate. What opportunities are there? What kind of barriers and obstacles are there? Mm-hmm. Is this good? You know, what what do I envision 5, 10 years from now? And it uh, sounds kind of funny, but it's almost like God isn't even in the picture, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Right. So, I mean, it, so uh, it's interesting again how it feels like there's two sides of a similar coin there, but you touched on something that I think is important if we talk about sort of like the pre-work or the long-term work of discernment, Mm -hmm. um, which is that I have found, it's been my experience that many people in the church pray for specific sort of like concrete things like Mm -hmm. heal my mom, like give me this job opportunity, help my, you know, depression, these very concrete things. And it's interesting to shift that to say, well, what if you were praying like, God, align my desires with yours, align, Mm -hmm. align, you know, how I think and how I operate with the way that you do. That is like that is those are prayers that that lead you into a healthy way of discerning, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And if you wait until, if you live your entire life sort of like not doing that and then suddenly there's a big decision on the table and now Mm -hmm. you're saying, God, like align my desires with yours. That's sort of like a, that's, that's a hard prayer for God to answer Mm -hmm. in the short term or at least without there being a ton of turmoil and, Mm -hmm. and potentially pain. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. That reminds me of, of how my, I remember my parents, uh, every every night not every night but like regularly you know and i'd be doing like my prayer time in the evenings at home cuz i grew up in the church um they would ask if I was praying, not just for, for today, but like who God was shaping me into. Mm-hmm. And you know, for me, especially in high school, I was like, who cares who God's shaped? Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about this test on Friday, yeah. you know, and it feels oh, more yeah. immediate and it feels more important. Um, but I'm glad that they taught me to pray that way. Yeah. Um, because like you said, like that that heart shaping and that, that heart posture that we can um, begin to take it, it happens over months and years yeah. of praying those yeah.
2: prayers. Yeah, one of the first times that I heard of something like that um there's a actually another pastor here in ann arbor named ken wilson and he wrote a book on prayer and one of the ways that he described praying for other people was to simply sort of in your mind's eye hold them in the light of god's love Mm -hmm. and and that's how i have started praying for people ever since i mean i read that book it must it's been over a decade now um that when i feel called to pray for someone that's what i do because Mm -hmm. what that does is it keeps me from bringing, I mean, I have a whole laundry list of things that I think the people that I'm praying for need God's help with. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's not necessarily what God wants for them. That's definitely, and that's definitely things that I'm bringing. And so what I try to do is pray sort of in terms of saying like, God, let me see this person the way that you see this Mm -hmm. person and let that color the way that I interact with them. Let that color what my desires for them are. Mm um and again it's just been an effective way to sort of shift the narrative
0: yeah the tricky part of praying like that is that it means believing not just saying that god's will is better than ours yeah which is hard and that he
2: <laughs> has he alone has the power to change i mean yeah. i would love to believe that i actually am the one that has the power to change the people <laughs> around me mm-hmm. um but but it's sort of like submitting to saying, no, God, we're going to, we're going to actually leave this in your hands almost entirely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember
1: thinking I used to, when I was younger, I, I, that I used to be able to change other people. And then I remember being asked this or I either read this or heard this and they were like, how, you know, you think you could change other people? Like how? what ability or capability do you have to change yourself? Mm. Mm. And I was like, yeah, that doesn't work. <laughs> right? and, and, and the question was like, if you can't even change right. yourself, what makes you think you have the power to change somebody else? Yeah, mm. right? uh, One thing I want to build on that you said, Nate, about like we often pray for concrete answers, right? Mm-hmm. Heal this person, do let me pass this or get this job offer, whatever it is. Um, and when it comes to decision-making, I think we uh, – Decision-making, like almost anything else in life, requires um, practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and somehow as Christians, we think when, when the time comes <laughs> for a decision to be made, that somehow we'll just kind of know. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like showing
2: right? up for a marathon and being yeah. like, I'm pretty sure yeah. I could do this. It's like, no, that's not really or how that this works. somehow
1: God is just going to, bam, give us the answer yeah. Yeah. to discern, like, okay, I'm in this neutral zone. What, what's this next step? And really, like we have to understand that the choices we make every single day Mm -hmm. are shaping us to who we are becoming, the Mm -hmm. kinds of people we are becoming, so that our desires align with God. And and so, I think it's not—it's putting not all the weight on that one big decision, Mm -hmm. but again, on the everyday decisions you make. Some of most of which are just mindless, automatic decisions. Mm -hmm. Oh,
2: it's so good, song. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's I thought you
1: were going to say something else. No,
2: it's so good to, to, to see each small decision as, as basically a test run for the larger decisions Mm -hmm. that are coming. I don't think we do that. I think, I think, I know I'm guilty of this. Mm -hmm. I live most of my life sort of unreflectively, you know, Mm -hmm. it's sort of like, what do I have to do today? What's on my list? And Mm -hmm. boom, 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 boom. I do it. Um, and it's what a different way to be mindful.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and so what if the posture that we take then is not only how we see God, but even in decision-making, we, instead of looking for answers, which Mm -hmm. is what uh, everyone who, you know, goes to like a decision-making in the will of God kind of seminar wants, it's an answer. Mm -hmm. God, give me an answer. So instead of looking for an answer, you're kind of looking for clues Mm -hmm. or arrows that God is like, you know, directing your heart towards, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is a totally different expectation and lens through which you look at decisions Mm -hmm. uh so it's not just a one stop bam god is going to tell you what the decision is the other part too and this goes back to last episode unless you create and carve out time and margin in your soul you're like these things emerge Mm -hmm. like um like a garden right um You don't just plant a seed and it pops up. And I'm talking about an area that I'm totally a novice in, but (laughs) Nate Nate can speak. (laughs) Sure. Right. Right. Like
2: you don't harvest what you haven't planted and cared for. You can't. You can't. So if you want to harvest a godly decision, but you haven't been sort of planting the seeds of Mm -hmm. discernment along the way, you can't can't expect that to work. You just Mm -hmm. can't.
0: And I feel like, you know, again, going back to like the prayer that my, my parents told me to pray of, of you know, God be, be shaping me into a person who follows you and and praying over the people we're going to be. It's like, okay, to me that always felt like a, oh, well, I'm praying for something distant and unrelated. And so it was hard for me to like spend time on that, but it's it's helpful to remember like if, if you're praying that every day, then that means like the decisions you're making tomorrow yeah. should be in line with that prayer. Yep. Um, so it's not this, this distant fuzzy picture. It's, praying that God today is shaping you.
2: Yeah, and and if you begin to think of that in terms of like, how does God want me to be in this situation and in Mm -hmm. this situation at my work, when I'm getting my coffee, like as I'm greeting my children in the morning, if you're asking yourself those questions, those are discernment seeds, you know, and you are beginning to hear who it is that God wants you to be, the place that he has for you in the world in like these small ways. And when a big decision comes, it's that much easier to observe, oh, I already sort of Know that this is how God wants me to position myself in the world. This opportunity is either going to let me do more of that or it's going to make that more difficult. And suddenly the decisions start to sort of unfold that way. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's another clue in this discernment. Uh, As shift happens in your life, um, as transitions happen, in the midst of chaos and noise and confusion, again, these are just discernments and clues just to help you along that journey uh, as God transitions you from one stage or season of life to another. yeah, a- any final words or
2: Well, you know, I mean, I always love to hear from our listeners, and I would love to hear if if someone is in the midst of discerning a major decision or mm-hmm. if you feel like you sort of asked God for some direction in the midst of transition, and how, what that answer looked like. If anybody has stories like that, I would love to. I would mm-hmm. love to hear those as well. Yeah, yeah. How do they? How do they get in touch with us again?
1: What's your cell phone number? Nick? Oh my! God. <laughs> <laughs> you can text me at seven three four seven zero nine five seven four two. Awesome. And you know what? Actually, this past Sunday there was a young woman who came up to me, and she. uh, well, she listens to the podcast, but she She said, again, this is, an, this is an idea that I've shared in sermons in the past and things, and and uh, actually, probably the one sermon I will revisit every uh, every number of years, because it's one of those things that, and she said, uh, you know, I, that sermon you gave a long time ago about, like, it's not about the decision, mm-hmm. that God cares more about, like, who I'm becoming, mm-hmm. more so than do I go to med school here or go to med school there. She was like, I still remember that. That was, like, the best sermon. So she just told me that, that this past Sunday and just kind of coming to, to this discussion again, going like, yeah, yeah. This, is, this, can, this can, again, like if you think about what we talked about, like if if you think God has this one thing, right? Like mm-hmm. that that is shaping, that is, that is a reflection of who you think God is. Mm-hmm. And uh, so again, this is really a, a call to pursue God and seek him. And as you get to know him more, you know, he will transform your heart and mind
0: alright well I think with that we will wrap it up so uh, Sung what are we talking about next week
1: next week we well so when it comes to decision making we're still on this topic because this is a huge topic we're going to ask a critical question uh, that I think we all need to ask when making a decision mm.
2: so tune in next week if you want to find out what the critical question is
0: oh. uh, yeah see you then